hand handicapping. It's so it, it puts him in handcuffs. It really ties his hands as to the options that he has in the creativity department. Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I am joined on this terrible Sunday. It has just been just pain. And what's the, the Jameis Winston clip from a couple of years ago uh, after that first game when he got hurt and the sideline reporter is like, what happened there, Jameis? You went into the sideline tent for a while. What hurts? And he goes, it was just pain, just pain everywhere, just pain. That was that was what today was for me, JT. I hope you're having a slightly better Sunday than I am, than Titans fans are. How are you, my friend? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I as Jordan Lowry says in the chat here, it's the Andre Dillard of Sundays. Um, oh. my Sunday's not not going much better as I am a Bengals fan. We lose to CJ Stroud. Um, and that Bengals team does not look good whatsoever which has me nervous for a big game against baltimore this week but outside of that bad beats left and right once again um just I was about just, to say my here's the here's the list of things that are causing my pain and suffering having to watch and professionally cover whatever that was that we're going to talk about today from the titans down in tampa bay just like from an objective perspective it, unbelievably pain do you remember watching did you watch any of the penn state michigan game yesterday I did. Yes. They felt it felt reminiscent of that watching this Titans offense today after that opening drive, watching that Penn State offense. That's kind of what it felt like. Mm -hmm. So we'll dive into yep. that today. Um, so there's that. That's painful. Then oh, fantasy. No one cares about your fantasy team, so I won't go into detail, but everything's <laughs> gone wrong for me in fantasy today. Just a day from hell. Then betting. We're going to get to the best bet gauntlet like four unbelievably bad beats so far on the day for the show. Luckily, the show still has the ability to get to 500 and get above water, but just pain and suffering there and then having to do this show and like come up with things to say it, it's never fun when you're an all or nothing show i i hate almost as much um when the titans have a game where everything goes right like that's fun and, and fans get a lot of enjoyment out of that and that's cool because you get to say this was good and this was good and this is good and this is good you just have to come up with different ways to say this is good um it's the same when everything goes wrong like in a game like this where i'm gonna have to for the next 30 to 45 minutes Try to find different and creative and entertaining ways to say this was bad and this was bad. Oh, and that was bad and this was bad. Um, I have a section at the end of the show today just trying to end on somewhat of a high note of just like any positives to take from the game. And I sat and I sat and I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought and I came up with two things. So that that's our show today. We're going to talk through what was a listless, terrible, reprehensible performance from the Titans in Tampa Bay. This is your opportunity, Titans fans, to just let it all out, to come vent with us. I don't have a ton to say on this game, um, maybe like 30 minutes worth of, of uh, thoughts and topics to dive into that I, I think you'll find interesting. But beyond that, happy to talk through any of the questions, comments, um, rage-fueled rants that you might have in the comment section today. And you can only do that by going over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. That's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. Joining the conversation in this live stream there is how you join the comment section like Jordan and Joseph and Logan and Green Thumb already have done appreciate you guys being with us here live on a sunday afternoon recording live for our monday morning show all right before we dive into the the muck and the mire of the titans performance today against the bucks gotta shout out our lovely and amazing sponsor boom boss craft pizza and tap house in spring hill we of course are live there doing our thursday live show friday morning show recording every thursday night at 5 30 p.m central standard time before thursday night football we are there live talking about the Titans previewing the game that is coming up that weekend. And then we're hanging out at the bar each and every week with whoever shows up to watch Thursday Night Football, giving away free gift cards. It's great food. It's great drinks. It's a great opportunity to come and talk Titans and then watch the game with a couple of buddies, me and JT, and get some free food and drink in the process. That should really sell itself. Check out Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House wherever you are. They got locations all over Middle Tennessee and in Kentucky and in Indiana. Okay, JT, let's get this over. Let's rip this Band-Aid off. And I, I, Titans fans, again, please join the conversation over at Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. Let it all out. Vent. We'll get this over with. We'll make it as painless as possible. I promise you'll feel a little bit better after we get through all of this. Titans lose to the Buccaneers. 20-6 to on the road. The Titans still 
blow on the road, by the way. Said it last week, going to say it again this week. They are just a bad football team in general, but in particular, on the road. They have found all of their success this season at home, and they have found all of their failures on the road this year. Don't worry, they only have to play the division rival Jacksonville Jaguars on the road next week. So that should go great for them if this trend keeps chugging along. And things started so well today, JT. I mean, it really was all downhill from the opening drive. A 12-play, 50-yard drive for the Titans who start with the ball. Will Levis dealing, operating. Tim Kelly was in his bag on the opening drive. You can tell they schemed it up, planned it out ahead of time, and things were going very well for them. After that 12-play, 50-yard drive, they went on for the rest of the game to run 47 plays for just 159 total yards the rest of regulation. And, of course, this opening 12-play, 50-yard drive, what does it do? It stalls out in the red zone because this Titans red zone offense has gone from literally the best in the league to one of, I think after this week, potentially the worst. Coming into this game, they were 31st ranked in red zone offense efficiency in the league. I wouldn't be shocked this 0-2 performance for them. They they had two trips to the red zone this week, did not convert on either, drops them down to 32nd in the league. They have gone from the penthouse to the uh wait, what's that saying? I'm the sayings guy. Now I'm I'm blanking on that saying. From from the so, help us out in the comments. What it's, it's, you go from something the outhouse to the penthouse. I think that's what it is. Yeah, they went they did the opposite, right? They went from the penthouse to the outhouse, is what I'm trying to get out here. Uh good radio, Easton. Well, they they can't do anything in the red zone. They get down there and it almost feels like they should just on first down from the 13 yard line, bring on out the field goal unit to save them some time. It was that way all day today. It's been that way all year. I, I, it starts with the offensive line, right? Like it, it's hard enough to score points in the red zone. It It is made practically impossible when you can't protect, when you can't get a push in the run game when you can't give your quarterback time to throw the ball. And of course, that's been the case of the Titans kind of everywhere on the field, especially today, but in particular in the red zone, that is what is handicapping them so badly. They're losing in the trenches uh, in a stunning turn of events on that drive. It is capped off with a beautiful and on uh, on theme allowance of a third down sack by Andre Dillard. I mean, just so painfully on brand, something that you could see coming from a mile away. I believe he got beat by Vita Vea, big boy on the edge with a speed rush, a speed rush from a refrigerator, and you get beat around the corner. It's impressive. Truly it is. Um, it's really simple, right? In terms of the red zone, we can let the red zone topic die because it is as simple as sevens win you ball games and threes lose them. And the Titans have been getting a whole lot of threes and they've not been getting many sevens and they've been losing a whole lot of ball games because of that, like I said, went 0-2 in the red zone on this performance. And then from that opening drive, everything started to fall apart, right? Uh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, my God, Nick Folk, he missed a, a field goal. That, that's, that can't be, a, that's got to be a bad omen, right? Penalties start stacking up. The Titans secondary gets tired of getting embarrassed at one point in the game, so they just start cheating. It's a good plan. Um, two passes went directly through Nick Westbrook and Kine's hands. Two big passes that hit him in both hands. Both difficult passes, one well uh, above his head, having to make a leaping um, vertical jump for it, tips it, almost intercepted, and then one on a play-action shot to try to spark a drive at the beginning of a, of a, of a drive late in the game that is a, a shot for him, and he gets separation, he gets open, and it goes through his hands, a hair overthrown, but it hits you in the hands, you're in the NFL, you need to make that catch. Another chig drop, that could have told you that before the game, right? Because it's every single game. He has to drop a ball that hits him in both hands or between the numbers or both. And that happened today uh, because it's another game. It's another another Sunday, of course, naturally. Um, and then you had a back-breaking play, the first touchdown of the game. The Buccaneers, they run a designed screen to – do you remember who the back was on that? I think it was White. Um, let's, yes, let's say Rashad White. Yeah, it was Rashad White on, on that designed screen. Uh, Simmons got really great penetration on the away side of the play, nearly gets home, puts Baker Mayfield on his butt, but not before Baker Mayfield can get the ball out to Rashad White in the flat. Really blocked well, but hilariously terrible integrity on the play side from the Titans secondary on that play. The kind of play that defines a game, and it was really, uh, it felt even though for a lot of the game it was a one score game. It felt watching it like the game was out of like it was out of reach at that point for the Titans. Um, that's how that's how listless and pathetic their offense was, and their defense got 
consistently worse as the game went along. Titan safeties were just getting cooked in coverage today. It felt like every big chunk play you were looking up and it was Elijah Molden or Amani Hooker in coverage. That's obviously not good. The two of them are fine players, but as we were talking about last week, they are absolutely not plus players right now. And in coverage, at least today, they frankly were a big liability. Roger McCreary wasn't a big liability for most of the first half. Looked really, really good. Came out of the halftime locker room and then gets torched on back-to-back plays, one of which gets called back because it's a challenge catch. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was the, the catch that was challenged. Um, by Trey Palmer. By Mike, yep. Yeah, by Trey Palmer, challenged by Mike Vrabel. Um, I was kind of surprised they reversed that one, but then there was kind of a ball-don't-lie moment where they went deep again on a play-action shot, hit Mike Evans, I believe, on that second one, and both – uh, both blown coverages were a responsibility of Roger McCreary. So I I don't know how he looks so, so good in the first half and then gets torched on back-to-back plays like that. Feel free to make it make sense to me, but I, I, I'm I'm struggling to, to wrap my head around that one. In general, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin putting this Titan secondary in an absolute blender for 60 minutes was the most predictable thing that could have happened in this game. And it did. So like, I don't know. That's not a shock. I, I could have told you that coming into this game. This Titan secondary is just that bad and it leads us to the topic of the Shane Bowen Jim Schwartz personnel situation for the Titans defense and this is the first uh, road stop on my rant here that I want us to kind of dive into a little bit and maybe get some thoughts from the comments a lot is being made and it, it naturally fans are looking everywhere trying to leave no stone unturned looking for reasons as to why things are going so poorly for this Titans team naturally so um a lot of fingers are being pointed at, well, Shane Bowen actually isn't that good of a defensive coordinator. He was being propped up the last two years by Shane Bowen as the shadow defensive coordinator or the guy in his ear, the veteran, stalwart, talented defensive coordinator that was you up. You mean in the Jim Schwartz, correct? What, what was I saying? You said Shane Bowen twice. Shane, said sorry, Shane, yes. Shane Bowen yes. was the shadow to Shane Bowen. No, no, no. Shane <laughs> Bowen was uh, being propped up by yes. Jim Schwartz is what I, is what I meant to yes. say. Yes, thank you. Um, that he was whispering sweet nothings into Shane Bowen's ear from the booth and was operating him like a like a uh, marionette puppet. I, I just I can't I can't get there on that. I think it's pretty silly. The Titans have less points allowed per game this year than either Schwartz in parentheses defenses allowed the two years that he was here with the Tennessee Titans the last two seasons. Um, and they have the same amount of points allowed to common opponents as the Browns, the team that Jim Schwartz is now coordinating. So while this defense can absolutely be better and they are struggling and part of their struggling, I have a hard time not saying, well, they're struggling because they're on the field so much and they're struggling because they're being forced to try to hold teams to less than 20 to give the Titans even a, a shimmer of opportunity, even, even a, 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 just a, a glance at potentially being able to eke out a win. They're having to hold teams to an impossibly low standard of points in today's NFL. And largely, despite the minutia of they did this wrong, there's blown coverage there, a bad penalty there, whatever. The pass rush isn't getting home. Like, they're still holding. T- Bucks scored 20 points today. They scored, th- what, 35, 38 against the Texans last week. Like, this Bucks team is capable of scoring a lot more points than that. They didn't. This Titans team has to score more than six points if you want to win games. Like it's it, JT there to 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 make a, a metaphor out of this. You and I play a lot of rec league softball. We've been on leagues uh, teams together in leagues um, in the summer and in the fall the past couple of years. And there are a number of games where um, we're we're talking after the game. We lost the game, and where they were, there was an error there. You know the shortstop ball got through his legs, or you know there's a double play to be had, and the Second baseman dropped the, the pass and, you know, he couldn't make the all these little things defensively where it's like could have been better here, could have been better there, shouldn't have allowed as many points as we did. And I I always have the proclivity to say, hang on, pause. Guys, we scored seven runs in soft pitch softball. Like, you're, it doesn't matter what you do defensively. The other team could score 39 runs. If you have seven runs, it does not matter. You're not going to win. With this Titans team, you scored six points. It does not matter at the end of the day what the defense did. Yes, they are really struggling in certain areas personnel-wise, and there's some question marks as to what the coordinators are doing, but at the end of the day, the offense has to score more than six points. It's that simple. And you look at the the tape, JT, so far this season, the Titans' defense has struggled at times, but you, you try to figure out, like, is it the personnel? Is it the 
is it the coordination? And it's always tough, especially on defense, to try to figure that out with, with the limited sample size. But to me, and to some smart folks who I talked about this kind of thing on a regular basis, it, it sure looks like they're doing a lot of the same things they've been doing with a lot of, you know, to find a lot of success in recent years. And the, the difference is they're just not executing. The personnel is not, it's not doing its job. They're not, they're, you know, they're playing peekaboo on run gaps and they're not uh, maintaining integrity, rushing past the passer and giving them a run lane to, to, to you know, pick up a, a big gain in a first down. The, the corners are simply just getting beat by receivers that are bigger or faster or stronger than them. Like, I don't, I, I, I just can't get to blaming the scheme on this. I think it's a personnel thing. I, I think that there are apps like I'm not saying that Shane Bowen's doing a knockup job and he shouldn't be questioned and everything he's doing is perfect. But I, I really have a hard time blaming him more than I do the Titans personnel. Do we have any comments before I move on, JT, that we need to get to? What are the people's thoughts on this? Yeah, so we have a lot, we have a lot of questions in here. Okay, um, let's hit them all. Um, yeah, so just talking about personnel real quick, um, and see if we get any comments towards that, and then we can move on to some of these other ones. Like you said, I, I think a big problem in in at least today's game was that like just not executing missing a lot of tackles like the that the Rashad White um catch and then score was very reminiscent of the the Justin Fields to Khalil Herbert in the it's first what I thought immediately game. yes um like if if that is still happening and they have not learned since the first preseason game like is it going to get any better anytime soon I think not um and then also just like you said not not the personnel executing but maybe just in some areas and i know on titans twitter and just around the league talking about this titans team there have been talks about a, a certain group in particular that was so good last season that linebacking core and just the personnel maybe just isn't as good enough and you look to not to rub salt in the wound but a, a guy like david long jr who they don't bring back absolutely lighting it up for a dolphins team that uh, isn't the best defense, but he is one of the key components of that defense. I believe we had that one. I believe we were on the keep Monty or not Monty Rice. God, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. Keep David Long Jr. Um, in the early parts of last year's offseason. And of course they didn't. And you get why they didn't. It's it's purely health. That's all it is. It's health. Because it, it if it's gamble. based on, if, and if, yeah, if it was based on level of play, they would have kept him because he's a baller. When he's on the field, he's been a baller his whole career, and he's been on the field this year for the Dolphins. He's been a baller. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first question, and then we can talk about here, Stephen Neely says, I'm not going to say too much about the defense, though. 21 points would have won the game, which... Yep, Stephen gets it. And he also goes on to say, this is a huge offensive problem to score 20 points or more one time since 2021 Yep, as well. that's a That's a big problem as well. And then we have... A lot of people talking about Tim Kelly saying and Kyle saying Tim Kelly is so bad. Zero creativity with this offense. Um, we need Ben Johnson. I wouldn't say that the creative there is no creativity. I would say that it lacks um, consistency in in it does. The cre creativity. I think it's very like I, I honestly think this Titans offense kind of goes through mood swings, right? One drive looks totally different than the other. And it's just like, when, when are we going to see a little bit more consistency out of these guys? Yeah. Kyle to the Tim Kelly point for me, it's, it's a lot of the same. My opinion isn't that different from Bowen. You want to talk about personnel deficiencies. This offense is far worse than the defense in terms of massive gaping holes in the personnel situation. The offensive line is such a non-starter that, and I don't think that, I'm not sure there's anything we've been more wrong on about, this Titans team this year as a show than our expectations for this offensive line getting marginally better. They've, they've been just as bad. And I've, I've had to put my hand up on that for a couple weeks in a row now. Like, yes, I, I was wrong about that. Um, a hundred percent. I just, I, yeah, there, I have some issues with some of the things that Tim Kelly is doing and we've called him out on this show and he's certainly not blameless, but this the, the execution by this personnel is it's it's so it's so hand handicapping it's so it, it puts him in handcuffs it really ties his hands as to the options that he has in the creativity department how creative can you get when you're constantly having to assign the majority of the players on the field to very boring mundane necessary assignments to just protect the necessary players 
you know, protect Will Levis. You need, we need eight guys blocking on this run play because this is the only way we're going to get positive yards. Like he's having to devote so many resources to protection on like every play that I just, do you get what I'm saying? I, I have a hard time blaming him. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you want to really hone in on one issue. Maybe it's that he's not like, he's not that he's lacking creativity, but he's lacking the, the problem solving efforts to try to fix some of these deficiencies to, to scheme around them, to build around them. Maybe, maybe. And Jordan points out, yeah, you can't get that creative with a horrible offensive line. I, I'm in, I'm in that boat. I, I'm kind of mixed on this. Yes. There are some times and we, we're going to talk about it with Will Levis here in a second that they, they've got to take shots downfield. They've got to scheme ways for him to, to get the ball down the field, push it. And, and that's what we've seen him do in recent weeks. And, and he's done that. Well, that's the kind of thing he's got to do. And, and it's, it, it's difficult given the, the toolbox that you've given him. I mean, it's like he, it's, it's like you've been given a, a science fair project to like create a bridge that can hold 50 pounds of weight and everybody else gets a box of like industrial um, uh, popsicle sticks. And you give Tim Kelly like Elmer's glue and toothpicks. And it's like, good luck. Like that's kind of what he's working with here. Um, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. And so I, I'm with you that there are frustrations with some of the things that Kelly is doing. And, and I, I'm, I, all of that is warranted. However, you just cannot overlook the fact that this, this, this set of weapons at his disposal really tie his hands. And, he, and he's, he's, I'm struggling to put it into words just how hard it is for him to make anything, any cha- chicken salad out of this chicken you-know-what. Yeah, and uh, he goes on to say, kind of to your point, don't you think we should move the pocket and do um, something like a boot a little bit more, yes. something that yep. could e- ease up just a little bit? I would say yes. We're going to get to this, and I'm going to can we can we put a pause on this because I want to talk about this when we get to Levis. I'm totally with you. Yeah, but can we Um, we just mark that and come back to it because I'm with you, Kyle. Yeah, and then Logan says my biggest Kelly gripe is when it's a Henry run, he goes to a jumbo formation, so it becomes too obvious. Predictability is definitely an issue, and it's been better with Kelly than Downing. I think folks forget just how painfully predictable some of the things with Todd Downing were. It's better, but better is a relative term. We talk about relative terms on this show all the time. Better does not mean good just means not as bad. Um, and so there's some, certainly some predictive, I mean, they, they get into the red zone on that second trip to the red zone. They have the pass over the middle to Wiley. It's a little bit high. It hits Wiley in both hands. He should have caught it. it's tip strip in the air would have been an interception in the end zone. If not for a really heads up savvy veteran play from Deandre Hopkins punches that ball out. I don't know if folks noticed on the broadcast, but he, he did the DB thing after that and sheathed his sword. Yep. Like he's playing both sides and he was, that was a, I mean, he's having to play DB there. Um, so good defense on on his part. But after that play, you immediately go to a jumbo formation. Henry, like eight yards, I formation behind the quarterback. It's so obviously a Henry run. I think it loses two yards and it puts you in an off schedule, bad situation. Um, any more questions we have before I move on here? Yeah, just back on the personnel real quick. Joseph okay. Allen chimes in saying personnel wise, the pass rush disappearing is the most head scratching part to him. Yep, Joseph. We're gonna let's put a pin on that. We're, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that verbatim here in a second as well. I 100% agree. It's the most disappointing thing about this team. Let's talk about that here in just a second. Um, before we do, let me get to. And by the way, check out Boomboz, our our wonderful and amazing sponsor here at Broadway Sports Media is the Hot Read Podcast. Uh, Boomboz Crap Pizza and Tap House, three Middle Tennessee locations in East Nashville, Spring Hill, and Murfreesboro. Great pizza, great drinks, great hangs. If you're wanting to watch some sports. Um, Let's talk about staying on schedule. This is a fascinating topic for me in this game and also just in the broader scheme of this Titans team um, and and the change from Ryan Tannehill to Will Levis. Here are the Titans' first three. uh, Excuse me. This is at the the end of the Titans' uh, opening drive. Here was what they did on first down. Um, Negative two yards, negative two yards, negative 10 yards. Those were the last three first downs on their opening drive. And ultimately ended up being a uh, ended up being a failed red zone conversion and, and being a field goal. That's the opposite of staying on schedule. First of all, obviously you can't get behind the sticks like that, but, but the schedule topic is an interesting one to me because they've gotten so bad at doing it. staying on schedule in, in key moments and with any kind of consistency, but in terms of the bigger picture, 
they panic too often when they stumble and they do get behind the sticks. They don't as a team, as a coaching staff, they're not operating like they now have a quarterback who can get them back on the tracks, can get them back on schedule like Will Levis can. And so my question is, why is this Titans coaching staff refusing to let Levis take a shot downfield? And I don't know if it was Kyle or Joseph, or I think it was Kyle a moment ago talking about um, doing things like moving the pocket, getting to boots more often, easing things up a little bit. It was Kyle. That's that's the point I'm making too, Kyle. It's everything is underneath for this team since the first drive of this game. In this game, like they they pushed the ball downfield a little bit a couple of times that first drive, and then they get desperate at the end of the game. But obviously, it's it's out of desperation and not because they wanted to trying to push that ball downfield, force it downfield the way they did with Levis. They've managed to get looks downfield the past couple of weeks for Will Levis for this Titans team, despite the fact that this. Like, let's not pretend that this pass protection issue is new. That's what a lot of, I tweeted this. Why is this Titans team not getting looks downfield? Why are they playing so conservatively and putting everything underneath? All the responses were, it's because they can't, they can't get a play to develop downfield because they can't protect it. I get that. Totally. The protection is definitely handicapping them. But can we not pretend that this pass protection issue is new? Because it's not. I don't know why we're pretending like it is. This has been the case all year. Yeah, it was worse in this game than in the past couple of games, but not so much dramatically worse that it has to, like, it looks so night and day, the, the results pushing the ball downfield. That doesn't correlate with how dramatic the drop-off in pass protection was. It was just slightly worse. It went from bad to a little bit more bad. This is not new, and it's it's an issue they've been successfully scheming around, finding ways around to allow Will Levis and the offense to push the ball downfield, do some more things to generate explosives. It's time to do that more, right? Run some boots, move the pocket, roll out something, just try it. And that this is where I, I get the gripe with Tim Kelly because you got to try these things. And they started to kind of try it at the end of the game again, but it was too little too late at that point. Um, I just, JT, what are your thoughts on this? I, I don't understand why they are not doing a better job of treating Will Levis like the quarterback that he is, which is not a statue, which is not a Ryan Tannehill, a guy that has to stay on schedule. And if you get behind the sticks, like we talked about it last week with Ryan Tannehill, you get into second and 12 and you'd feel like walking into the kitchen to get a snack. Cause you just knew the Titans were going to punt that it was just too much to, to, to surmount. And then Will Levis comes along and you can be in third and you can be in third and 15. And there's still a chance that this guy finds a shot downfield, picks up a chunk and gets you back on the tracks. They're not operating that way with Will Levis right now. It's really frustrating. Yeah, and to to I guess to a little bit of Tim Kelly's defense, they went even though they I think why they didn't do it more is because I just don't think it's going going to work very well. We saw him try it once and have Will Levis throw the deep ball. Well, the problem is the guy you're sending on a go route is Nick Westbrook Akine, which that ball I I think is fine place like will will levis on that deep ball places the ball fine the problem is you have it's Nick westbrook akine being the one running that go route so it's, it's i was hard told for- he's i was told he's just the t higgins at home what happened <laughs> what happened yeah, exactly right like it, and i do think that like if Traylon burks was out here and he was running that route i think maybe that you you do get um a, a massive spark from that play because i think Traylon burks is able to get that ball on that go route um however that being said, besides that, you have a you have Kyle Phillips who I, I was surprised with the the disparity between usage of last week's Kyle Phillips and this week's Kyle Phillips. Like, it really, they were only scheming him a couple times, like towards mm-hmm. the end of that game, right? Like, I think that um, when when they needed him, and that's when they got the creativity going, is when Kyle Phillips finally showed up and had some nice chunk plays. So, yep. um, yeah, it's it's a little tough for me. It's a head scratching moment. Um, but also, to Tim Kelly's defense, and kind of like what we're talking about, the personnel is just not equipped not to to be able to operate effectively. I'm glad Jordan brings this up because it's going to be a topic this week, no doubt. Um, Jordan says it almost seems like they preach the coaching staff. That is the underneath taking the dump off, taking what's given to you too much to Will Levis this week and change the focus of their QB after that Steelers game where he, where he did need to take what was given to him a little bit more often. Levis has shown his rhythm comes from deep shots and routes of over 10 yards. I, it's going to be talked about. I think there's probably some validity to it. Did they preach it too much? Maybe. 
I don't know. Let's see more than one game of sample size. I, sh- I sure hope not, right? Because that's you don't want to you don't want to beat the superpower out of the kid. Um, you, you just you want to rein it in and not get it to go away. There's a big difference there, and I don't think that they did. I, I think that the play calling largely led to there only being some of that underneath available and not you know not looking at play action shots downfield, not looking at rolling or booting out and, and finding a shot um, across your body and you know trying to make a circus circus play and taking a risk, take, taking a chance. The Titans just played so conservatively. They've been playing so conservatively for two consecutive games. Derek brings up this team needs a full culture change. Perhaps we're not going to dive in that today. We'll get big picture topics more out of the way on Tuesday's show. So a little teaser there. Jump in with us live on Tuesday afternoon as we always go live around uh, around 4, 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesdays. Recording our Wednesday show live, we uh, often have guests and dive into some film and talk about some big picture things for this Titans team. We'll do that more later this week. Evan's saying, I just hope they don't have another offseason trying to microwave this roster to stay competitive. It's, it's, a, um, good, they, it's a good it, phrase right there. I've, that's, that's, that's a good yep, one. That's good jargon. That's good usage. I like that, Evan. Um, I, I think it's almost impossible for them to do that, given the fact that they have $100 million of cap space and so many expiring contracts. They're like, there's no, There won't be any food left to microwave. It's going to be an empty plate you have in the microwave. You got to fill that plate up with something. We'll get a so, we'll get a new kids cuisine in here, you know, and, and then new, we'll, we'll we'll go from there, right? Crack open a new lunchables. And Mom just came it. back from the grocery store. She's That's got the right. kids cuisines. Daddy ran comes home with a hundred million dollars <laughs> worth of groceries, and let's see what we can cook up. That's what's going to happen. The only thing you want to avoid is Rain going back to the trash can of all the expiring contracts and re-signing everybody. Which, based on this team, like that's not going to happen. So I wouldn't be worried about that. All right, a couple more things before we get to the news with producer JT and then get out of here on this dreadful Sunday evening. Um, Here's a fun one. When the Titans take the field next week at Jacksonville, who lost today, by the way. So funny enough, technically, the Titans not that squarely out of the race for the AFC South if they were to win that game. If they play anything like they did today, that won't be an issue because they won't have a chance to win that game. But we'll get to that later in the week as well. When they do take the field against Jacksonville next week in Florida, it will have been over a full calendar year since the last road win for this Titans team. I really, I mean, I asked Mike Vrabel about it verbatim last week. What's the deal with the road home splits? Is it just that playing on the road is more difficult? There's something to JT, and this is a tough take because, like, it's it you you rarely want to push a narrative of X players not playing very hard, or this guy just really doesn't have it. Like that's a, it's kind of a bold thing to say, and it's impossible to really know, but our buddy, Zach Lyons, who was, they did find him. They pulled the wreckage of whatever vessel he was on out of the Bermuda oh, triangle that he's back in the States. Wonderful. He's currently drying off with a towel as we speak and he's shivering and he's cold, but he'll be all right. Um, he tweeted uh, a couple of minutes ago at this point that there's something about this team's lack of energy the past two years, lack of passion. And you see it a lot sometimes on defense when they're on the field too often in the off. Like, I don't know if it's like they're not playing complimentary ball. And so some of the guys get apathetic or get frustrated. They don't give a full effort. They don't have their full energy. It's either with a lot of these players, you put, you watch them and it's like either this guy's not trying very hard on this particular play or he's just not that good. He's slow and he's bad and he's unathletic and he's untalented. Like it's, it's gotta be one of those two things. Um, and so I, I just, yeah, I, I do not know which of those it is. Um, I don't know why this is an issue for them, but it's there, right? You see it folks in the comments chime in if, if you think, if you disagree, but there's something about this team's energy and effort. That's, it's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree that, um, it, like, like you said, it, it, I think it's hard because this team is kind of running out of excuses. You know, I think we yeah. hear from, from this team today that we, we need to just no more excuses. We just need to put up or shut up. Well, I mean, it's, we haven't so, seen so it. Shut still. Up. It's shut up time then. Is yeah. that what that means? Like, I mean, I don't know as I try to, fix to say, my, make your not invisible and also yeah, not green. Ex- green try to fix difficulty. my stuff, uh, trying to figure this out here with the new computer, but yeah, like, as we as as Derek Henry said in the locker room, like it, it's it's time to put up or shut up. Well, I mean that's what they've been saying since London. Like mm-hmm. we got to mm-hmm. figure it out, and it's just not um, being figured out. And I think that veteran guys like Derek Henry and D Hop, like I, I think it, it that's that's what they have to say because the reality is, and as um, Kyle says here, our wide receiver room is D Hop and all 
we have is a four and five wide receiver, four and five talents after outside of that. So what are you going to nah, do? I disagree. Kyle and, Phillips, baby. Kyle okay. Phillips. Well, you know, when he gets, when he gets schemed out, you know, that, that fine. You I, know, when, I, I'm with you. I, I get what he's saying. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, when you, cause I mean, like when you have a go route like that, going to NWI instead of like when we've seen it have success with like Chris Moore earlier this year, you know, like, and to be fair to NWI, we've seen success with him downfield this season. He's actually had like his best season to date. It's just yes. in this game, he was bad. And yes. along with the rest of the, t- like it, it was one of those days where every Titan had a hex on them and they just, nobody could yes. play well. There were, there were literally two, maybe three guys that played well. We're going to get to them in a minute. And then one other topic here. So let, let's two things before we get to the news. Um, one, some positives from this game, very short list. That won't be long lived. The other let's get to right now. How does this game reflect on Levis? And we, if you, if you're following this, this show on YouTube right now, you'll see that the thumbnail is Titans fail Levis. Um, I don't think it reflects on Levis at all. I, I don't think at all. It does. It's a, it's a game. This was a game where we got to evaluate Will Levis or we were supposed to get to evaluate Will Levis and it, it's wasted like that. It, it's just so unspeakably incredibly frustrating it's it's gross 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 what what a dramatic dramatic waste of you know you only get so many of these before you get to 2024 like it's not the nba it's not the nhl it's not the mlb you don't get another game until next week and you only have a couple weeks left um in the grand scheme of things like we're past the halfway point here it's time to to stack some games of will levis development and just getting some stuff on tape and in this game you didn't get anything on tape man you didn't get anything. It stinks. I, I, I have, no, I have no takeaways from Will Levis other than he didn't, you know, he, he had some turnover-worthy plays for sure. Got lucky on some dropped interceptions, but he was put in an impossible situation. He was standing in there, staying tough. Got sacked four times, five times in this game. Um, took four sacks for thirty-two yards, at one hundred ninety-nine passing yards, nineteen of thirty-nine um, on his uh, passing attempts, five point one yards per. Uh, completion yeah i just i don't i don't think it reflects on him at all folks in the comments you can chime in if you agree or disagree jt what do you think yeah i mean like i like i texted you earlier i'm interested to see the film today and see how many plays will levis has more like more than like a second and a half to actually throw because on those on those uh plays where you know he was going to have to throw the defense like they already are pinning their ears back you know they're gonna they're going to uh they're going to come at Will Levis and it, it's really impossible for him to make any plays whatsoever. I think I saw Stoney Keeley say this earlier when once they snap that ball, that defensive blitz from the Buccaneers kind of just shot through the offensive line. Like a every single snap, a like, every snap. Was, yes. like there, there was no time whatsoever um, because when you have to bring down the, the pillars of the offensive line, like Peter Skaronsky into an extent, Aaron Brewer to help out with the guys on the side, that's just going to leave the rest of the, the line open. And, and there's going to really be no protection whatsoever. So it, it's hard for him to even get anything going. Yeah. As Joseph points out here, the one thing that he was excited about today, he couldn't even see, I didn't care who won sure would have been nice to win, but I wanted to see more of what Billy jeans had and couldn't even get that joy. Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing for me in this game. Evan pointing out, that his fear is that they will, the Titans will Derek Carr, or excuse me, David Carr, Will Levis, uh, before they really have a chance to know what he is. At this point, you do have to worry about his safety and protection. You don't want to stunt his growth by. Well, yeah, I mean, especially, week, especially right? there were there was one where he was going down on a sack, and he gets his leg kind of bent uh, underneath a guy, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, they're gonna get him killed. They're gonna get him killed. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it feels very much like a Joe Burrow. Season, first season situation his rookie year where that Bengals line yep. was so bad that he ends up getting killed and he tears his ACL towards the end of the season and it's like you knew this was a very high chance possibility because there just is no protection whatsoever and at this point you kind of have to like wonder like is that going to be the case again here you have to worry about that absolutely all right one more thing before we get to the news some positives let's look at the few positives from this game uh, first half, Roger McCreary was was well on his way to being a, a, a winner from this game, but he ends up being a loser after a pretty lackluster second half. I do think that he's one of the few guys on this team where you can point to tangibly this season and say, he's gotten better. This is a good player. It's going to be nice to have him around. You want him on the field. He, he had his ups and downs today, but generally a fine performance from him. Just needs to clean up some things. The two guys game long that I gave the awards to, both on offense, Ty J Spears, 
still that dude, still that guy, still awesome. Um, had five rushes for 18 yards as well as five, excuse me, four receptions for 42 yards in this game. Broke a number of tackles, shook some guys out of their shoes, looked electric and fast and athletic and fresh and just everything you want out of your lightning running back out there. So well done to him. And then Kyle Phillips, everybody, uh, we I stayed steadfast for the better part of a year and a half on this guy and my opinion of what he could be for this team. It's starting to finally, finally pay dividends. I'm finally getting to very quietly whisper. I told you so to some folks. Um, led the team in yards for the second consecutive week, I believe. Uh, three receptions on five targets, 61 total yards. He was getting open and being utilized downfield and looked good. Three weeks in a row now, he has looked good and st- most importantly, stayed healthy. And it's crazy how things can work for you if you just take the guy off punt return duties where he's getting hurt and mentally put into a blender. Like, just let him do his job and be a receiver. And that's what they're doing, and it's working out for him. So good job for Kyle Phillips. What do you think of his performance today? Yeah, I like you said, like Kyle Phillips is a good slot receiver yeah. if, if he's used effectively. And until that, until Traylon Burks comes back and they have the, the guys around him so that he's able to be used and schemed effectively, um, you're going to get inconsistent play, I think, from him. Joseph asking if Kyle Phillips is the new prince that was promised because it's clearly not Chig. Uh, no comment on that. No comment, on that. <laughs> no comment at this time. We'll, let's, we'll address that in the offseason. We, uh, we're not trying to crown any princes prematurely. If, if, if that, if that uh, title from this show is any indicator, we definitely don't want a title Kyle Phillips that because we would just be stunting his growth and then it would be our fault. Okay, um, let's get to the news with producer JT before we get out of here. JT, what do we got today? Yeah, let's do an AFC roundup real quick, talking about the other teams. First of all, with the uh, Titans' next week opponent, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who get Mm. absolutely just destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers at home. Uh, It was a get-right game for a very frustrated uh, team in the San Francisco 49ers who were coming off, I believe, three straight losses. What did we say on Um, Thursday? The San Fran was the more desperate team in this game, and so they acted like it. Um, Trevor Lawrence going 17 of 29 for 185 yards, um, had five sacks for 28, uh, lost yards and then two interceptions. I think he also lost a fumble on the day as well. Tough, tough, tough for this offense. Um, and they just could not get anything going so much so that the, the entire crowd was more interested. The entire Jacksonville crowd was more interested in Christian McCaffrey trying to break the the consecutive touchdown record, which um, he did not do. He did not do. So, Uh, um, ugly game. Today just sucks. Everything about today sucks. I hate today. And, um, as, uh, Joseph says right here in, in, in the chat, um, Titans are a get right team for just about everyone. And Logan says we will make Trevor Lawrence look good next week because that <laughs> is how this season works so far. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah. if anything, it keeps the division race close. However, there looks to be a new top dog in the AFC South, and that is the Houston say, Texans. There's a team that's clearly the best in this division yes. right now, and it ain't the Jaguars. Um, and that's the Houston Texans who – Despite almost uh, blowing that game to the Cincinnati Bengals um, at Cincinnati, CJ Stroud leaves a drive, leads a drive at the end of that game uh, to win the game. CJ Stroud once again looks very, very good despite throwing his second interception of the year, not of the day, of the year. Um, I mean, I like to frame it as CJ Stroud doubled his interception total today. That's, that's how I want to look at that's it. A, that's a good, he did that's do a good way that, to do it as right. well. Is it, um, is it the is it true that it's his second and he went from one to two? Yes, but we don't need to tell the people that. Yes. Um, also, Houston somehow got their rushing attack back on track. Devin Singletary, 30 rushes for 150 yards. Sure. Touchdown. Sure. Why not? Uh, Noah Brown, seven receptions for 172 yards. So this this Houston, I don't know if this, as a Bengals fan, I don't know if this is more of a reflection on the on the Cincinnati Bengals or the Houston Texans today. I think it's the Texans, man. I think they're real. That they did not have their best receiver in Nico. Well, one of their best receivers in Nico Collins today. Um, final question on this Houston Texans team. There has been talk after this game that C.J. Stroud should enter the MVP conversation. What say you to to these to to this conversation? 
I mean, it's always silly a little bit with rookies, but you you just you ha- he has to be in the conversation. Does he have to be the favorite right now? No, but he has to be in the conversation. Uh, how do you not put him in there? Who, who? It's partially a reflection of how well he's played, and partially a reflection of how the the veteran players haven't. Nobody's really elevated themselves. Like, who is it? Mahomes? Is it Allen? Is it Lamar? Nobody has a really super lock tight argument right now for it. Um, I will say, just generally, if you're trying to bet it from a betting perspective. Very rarely do you win the MVP if your team does not finish first or second in their division, or excuse me, in their conference. Like you need the one of the two seed just historically to win MVP. So if you're thinking he's going to actually win, you're probably going to need like it's it's much more likely that Mahomes is going to get it simply because of how they're going to finish than the Texans. Now, if you think the Texans are going to go on a tear here and win the South and be the two or three seed, then maybe maybe that's the case. And then finally, the last international game of the season, at least in, in Europe. Um, the Colts win 10 to six against the new England Patriots in the most nothing burger game of all time. <laughs> I slept in this morning and woke if you up slept to this game. You didn't miss anything. You um, didn't miss a thing. Really? The only question I have here is that, do you think that this was not, not even talking about the Colts in this AFC roundup, but more so on the Patriots side, do you think this was Bill Belichick's last game coach no, coaching the New no, England I'll Patriots? Be, I'll be floored. I'll be floored. if I mean, they owe that guy so much, Bill Belichick. He's won six rings when he's there. Yeah, it's time to be done with him. But what is firing him midseason on the plane ride back from Germany, of all places, going to do for this team? It, it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to win him any more games. You don't want to win any more games. Like, there's no point. There's no point. In, in doing that and the whole Frable discussion, all that. Well, we can talk about that in the offseason. They're not doing that now. They're not doing that now. If they do, we'll talk about it later. But I'll just people blowing up my phone. Leave me alone, people. Um, uh, it's it's JT and I's mutual friends in our fantasy chat talking about how sad they are about things that we're not watching right now. Um, yeah, it's just a bad day for everybody. I'm telling you, it's a bad day for everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening now. And then finally, let's give an update for the best bet gauntlet, which. For, for ah! Sorry, did I say that out loud? It's it's you this week, but it's both of us. We are on a three-week, not a, not a losing streak by any means, but just a three weeks in a row of just awfully bad beats. And I, I think, say bad beats for three weeks in a row have kept us from, from going like incredibly above 50%. Yes, I, I lose one. Of course, I lose one today because the Titans suck. Um, that's and, that's and just a bad bet. That's, that, just, that's bad just a bad yep. bet. Um, and then I lose one because the the Green Bay Packers miss an extra point, um, and Jordan Love cannot c- bring a comeback in that game. And then you, on the other hand, have this Ravens can I, game. Can I please? Can, yeah, sure. can, I, can I please? Thank you. I, yeah, I, I, I I've had I've had my last my two own, weeks. My last two weeks, I've been able to complain. Yeah, so you are allowed to. Thank you. Just now. for my mental well being, I need this. I need this. Yes. So like, like you said, and I'll point this out about the Steelers because I was with you on the Green Bay pick 100. The Steelers are now the first team in NFL history to have a winning record after being outgained in all nine of their first nine games. They are somehow six and three, despite the fact that they have not outgained a team in a single game this year. Let me start with the Patriots. I had three, I'm 0 and three right now in the best bet gauntlet, just clawing, begging and screaming, trying to get back to two and three to just salvage my week. All three of them are bad beats. All three of them, JT, the Patriots. They were in the red zone three times today, came away with three points. They outgained the Colts today. They had a chance at the end of the game. They had a wide-open Mike Gusecki for a touchdown pass, a pass that Mac Jones attempts to make, but he's hurt. He noodle-arms it, short interception in the red zone. Just just killer. He, they should have won that game twice in the last fourth, in the last 15 minutes, and they, they threw it away both times. Infuriating. They, should, they were the better team. They should have won that game. Then you have the Ravens who, I'm sorry, two of my three today are bad beats. I had to, I had the Bengals game, I was betting on Houston come back down to earth. I was wrong about that. That's, that's an L. I deserve that one. The other bad beat, however, the Ravens. They have lost seven games in the last two regular seasons with Lamar as the starter, seven total. In all seven of them, they had at least a 75% win probability, according to ESPN's win probability tracker, in the fourth quarter of every single one of those seven games, 75% or more win probability in the fourth quarter of all seven of those losses in five of those seven. So the vast majority of them, they had a 90% chance to win in the fourth quarter. They led by two touchdowns for most of this game today until the the middle of the fourth quarter. They were north of an 80% 
win percentage chance. Then they just completely crumble and fall apart to the Browns and blow my cover and blow the game for themselves. They also just lose the game outright. I I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I should be I should be at worst one and two. Should probably be two and one on today instead of 0 and three. I, I'm very sad about it. We know like it's you don't you don't get off the train. Best bet gauntlet is still a wagon. It's the process. You got to look at the long-term results over the minutia, but I'm in the minutia right now. I mean, I'm in the week to week, and it is so infuriating. Yeah, you, you have about halfway through the third quarter here. Uh, Detroit is still up by a touchdown, so you are still winning I need that Detroit one. like I need air today. I need um, Detroit like I need and air. Then, and then um, the Cowboys winning 28 nothing. You have that one at minus 16. Let's and go. The half. I wanted that one so bad this week. Real quick, before before we end the show, uh, yeah. um, obviously I am 2-2 two and two on the day. I, I will be banking on the Raiders plus the two Raiders. tonight uh, to have a winning week and get back on top here um, real quick. Just just in this this ongoing Cowboys and Giants game, I want you to guess real quick. I'm going to give you an over under of how many uh, yards the Giants have on the day. Total yards offense. passing yeah. uh, total yards of offense. Um, the over under is 48. Oh, 48 i'll give you 48 how, and a half how far into this game are we uh 13 minutes left in the third quarter okay so a little over a half of football yes i mean i i can tell based on the way you set it up it's going to be under but i'm i have no way to think that it can't be less than 50 yards how is it less than 50 yards the giants currently have 43 yards of offense <laughs> on this game saquon barkley seven Tommy rushes devito not saquon moving barkley, the ball saquon barkley seven rushes for one yard Dan, oh. uh, Tommy, I almost said Danny DeVito. Oh my God. Tommy DeVito, Danny's five, brother. Right. five of 10 for 32 yards. Um, and a couple of rushes by Matt Breida here and there, but it's tough. I, I don't see you losing that one. Let's just put it at that. Okay. Hope not. Hope yes. not. All right. Um, okay. Let's be done. This has been the hot read podcast for the day. It's been a terrible day. I'm sorry, Titans fans. Go find something else to do with your night. Watch some other football. I don't know. Joseph said, I made some fire tacos today, and I'm not going to let the Titans suck all the joy of my life. Smart. Well done, Joseph. Go enjoy that that taco. Um, the rest of you, I encourage you to also make some tacos or make something of your day that doesn't involve the Titans because it's been truly so bad. Derek saying that Danny DeVito would probably be a better quarterback. Be more entertaining for sure. All right. We'll be back talking more Titans on Tuesday. We'll have more interesting things to talk about then. We'll have heard from Mike Frabel at his press conference uh, tomorrow on Monday, which I'll be in attendance for. I uh, hear his thoughts on this game and where this team's going forward. Big game against Jacksonville. Certainly no no reason to not be interested in the Titans the rest of the season because it's all about developing Will Levis at this point. The, the playoffs are a different story, but this is this is a developmental season. we got to find out what the Titans have and what they don't, and next week will be just another step in that direction until Tuesday afternoon where we'll be live again talking Titans. For producer JTM, your host, Easton Freeze, has been the best bet gauntlet what no it's been the hot read podcast i need to go i need to just go and think about something other than football and um, we'll talk to you tuesday uh goodbye <laughs>